0: In this episode, Ken Schumann and a group of Faith Walkers reflect on the topic of Faith Walking, Mental Model of Discipleship. This conversation was originally recorded in April of 2021. We want to remind you that Faith Walking's mission is to make wholeness possible for individuals, communities, and the world. Visit us at www.faithwalking.us. Join this conversation.
1: So as I've as I've been thinking about it um it's it's like okay we you know we the, the pandemic is not done but you know we're toward the end of it it hopefully it appears and we're starting to get vaccinated and we're we're kind of making a turn and so who and what do we want to be as we move forward and do we want to be? And the first thing I want to say is that I love this group. And this group is extremely meaningful for me. And this group meets a real need for me in my life of community. Uh, I love the fact that we meet weekly. I love the fact that, uh, that we can cut up and laugh and tease and have fun, and also get really serious and grow and learn. And so as I was thinking about that, I, uh, I told you last week that I woke up early in the morning thinking about the, the mental model of discipleship for faith walking. And uh, that's not a normal thing for me. I don't normally wake up thinking about the mental model of discipleship. Uh, but as I was thinking about my vision, uh, what, what I would love to see happen in this group I'm wondering if maybe as we reach this one year mark uh that we we begin to be a little more intentional uh about who and what we want to be and and how we want to be together. I I I I want it to continue to just be good and helpful. So I'm going to go over I'm going to go over some things and by the way I'm thinking about some of these things different than I've ever thought about them before and I, I hope that as I share some of these things with you today, uh, uh, and I'm, gonna, I'm just going to share the mental model of faith walking with you, and, and what I think it means, and why I think it's important, and uh, I'm hoping that in the midst of it, uh, it will impact you and help you. Uh, so the mental model for us starts with, with three big ideas, and, and here, let me give you a little bit of the foundation. So faith walking got birthed really uh, based on a book by Dallas Willard. I don't know uh, if all of you know Dallas Willard. Uh, I'm not going to explain who he is, but he wrote a book in the late 90s called The Divine Conspiracy, which was a book about the kingdom. And And my big takeaway out of, out of his book was Willard said this. He said, the church in America, and I think he would say the church in the West, the church in the West is doing a really good job of making good church members. But it is not doing a very good job of making disciples of the way of Jesus. At the time that book came out, I was pastoring a growing congregation, uh, and We had all kinds of programs and activities and staff and buildings and all the stuff churches do, uh, especially here in uh, in America and in Houston. And in the midst of it, when I heard what Willard said, it was like a slap in the face. It really caught my attention because when I was dead level honest, I knew he was right. That the vast majority of the people in my congregation came every week would give money, would serve on a team or a committee, would do the things. But when I looked at their lives, and when I looked at the way they interacted with each other, and when I looked at the way they treated each other, and when I looked at at what I believed was the way of Jesus, and then I looked at their lives, there was an incongruence there. Uh, and I just, I said, you know what, I think he's right. And so, Jim Harrington is the founder of Faith Walking, and he and I have been been friends and ministry partners for 30 years. And so he and I began to have conversations asking this question, what is a disciple and how do you make a disciple? So, I mean, it's like Discipleship 101. What is a disciple and how do you make one? Uh, And in my heritage, discipleship was Bible study well, if you want to disciple somebody, just get them in a Bible study. And if we know more Bible, then, um, then, then we'll be good disciples. And so we were heavy on Bible study. And what, what I saw was Bible study by itself was not making disciples very well. So people knew all sorts of Bible that they weren't living. And so uh, just in shorthand version A disciple, by the way, is an apprentice, and when Jesus invited people to become his disciples, he was inviting them to be apprentices to his way and to his teachings. He invited people, come follow me, watch what I do, watch how I live, watch, listen to what I say, and then emulate my way. So come be an apprentice to my way. And as I looked at the church, we weren't making apprentices to a way. We were making believers in a truth about Jesus. Uh, And I'm not going to go any further than that. So out of that, then we said, well, how, how do you make disciples? And we began to look at the life of Jesus and said, okay, how did Jesus make disciples? And these three big ideas emerged for us. Jesus made disciples in community. Have you ever noticed that? I mean, you know, all this loving Jesus, following Jesus, all of that's really great. It's the people that are the trouble, right? Right. I mean, you've heard that said multiple times in multiple ways. And, and, in, and in some ways, it really is right. I mean, as long as someone does, behaves exactly the way I want them to behave, looks exactly like me, acts exactly like me, does exactly what I want them to do, then, oh my goodness, I can be in deep community with them. But when they're different or when they become annoying or when they, they do things that I, uh, I don't like, well, then it's a whole lot more challenging. And, and so I'm saying all that to say, I think that was, so Jesus formed disciples in community intentionally because he said, I want you to be at your worst, because when you're at your worst, that's when I can help you uh, become more of a follower of me. When when you get annoyed with one another, when Peter gets annoyed with John, or, or with when, you know, when one of the other disciples gets annoyed at one of the other ones, and so disciples are formed in community. Uh I I tied this to it as I was thinking about this. So in faith walking, we have four values that we say, these are the four values of faith walking and, and they are, and they will continue to be, but they also are, are kind of four values that are vital for deep, authentic community. And those four values are courage, authenticity, integrity, and love. Well, what's all that about? Well, will will I have the courage to really show you who I really am? Uh, Will I have the courage to be able to acknowledge the places where I'm out of alignment with the way of Jesus so that I can I can be working on getting into alignment. And so in community, we need communities that are brave, that are full of brave people. And, and for me, that's one of the things I love about faith walking is we we encourage people constantly to be brave, to say what's so, to be honest about where they are, uh, even, even when where they are is imperfect because we're all imperfect. Uh, So courage is the first one. Authenticity, then, in order to be in community, we have to have the courage to be authentic. Uh, We talk about this this way in, in faith walking. We say all of us have three selves. We have our public self, we have our private self, and we have our secret self. So public is who we are, like today when everybody's watching. Or maybe, maybe we've gotten to where we know this group well enough that this is this is like our private self here. So I can let loose just a little bit and you know be more more of who I am. Uh, most of us live out of those two selves: our public and private self. So when when I'm in public, boy, I want to look good. I want everybody to think I'm a great Christian, and you know I I, I just all of those things. And and then, but when I'm home with my, you know, just me and my wife, well, I relax a little bit, and she sees a little more of who, who I really am. And But then we also have this secret self that nobody knows. And in Faith Walking, we talk about what, what would it look like to increasingly become one self rather than three selves. So what would it look like to to move a piece of my secret self into my private self? And what would it look like to move a piece of, of my private self into my public self so, so that I live a more congruent life? I live a more consistent life. I live a life that says, this is who I am. This is what I'm about. So we wanna create community that, of, of authenticity. The third thing uh, for us that's a, that's a value and I think a key to, to community is, it, is integrity. And, and integrity is about doing what I say I'll do in the way I say I'll do it. That's part of it. That's one of the definitions. Um, yeah, so, so it's just a key value. And the third value is love. And, of course, we all know the greatest of all the commandments is love. And so how do I love God? How do I love my neighbor? How do I love myself really well? And folks, I, I think that's probably the place most of us miss it the most, is we don't love ourselves very well. And, and then also, how do I love my enemies? Uh, but love is a, is a vital, vital piece of what it means to be in community and and by the way we as you know we've been studying love and we've been looking at all the characteristics of love and what is love like and we recognize uh loving is not a switch we flip on and off uh, it's it's more like okay i'm increasingly becoming more loving i'm working on loving more and better and what i believe folks uh and, and one of, one of the key things that's really important to us in faith walking is we want to create communities that are safe and and for me, safe means a lot of things it means that I don't get judged and I don't get condemned no matter what I say. Um, it means that people treat me with respect um, it means for me, safe means that people don't, out of their anxiety, try to fix me when I share authentically. And, and I think that's that's a really big one. And, and a big one for me that I've had for probably all my life is this idea, and no matter what I say, nobody is going to think less of me for whatever I share. For me, that's that's safe. And so here's the deal for me. Um, love leads us to create safe community. Don't you think? So when I'm really loving and when I'm really loving well, then what's going to happen is I'm going to create a community, that, community that's safe. Um, at the same time, I, I want to say this. Sometimes we think, well, well, it's safe when I just get to do whatever I want. And I don't believe that's safe. I believe that's unsafe. So for me, loving community that is safe has clear boundaries and clear guiding principles. And boundaries, one simple way to define a boundary is this is what's okay and this is what's not okay. So to continue in deep community, I think we have to have boundaries and guiding principles. And we have to say, okay. Uh, and, and I think that's what Jesus was doing and when, make, when making the disciples is he was saying to them, you know what? That's not okay. This is okay. And he'd teach them. And he'd say, this, this is what love looks like. And this is my way. Um, so what I hope uh, folks, so when 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 I think about what's my vision for this group, what my vision for this group is, is that we would be a group that could come together, grow together, and experience deep authentic community, where we love each other well, and where our love includes boundaries and guiding principles of how we behave with one another, how we treat one another. Um, so I have more to say but I'm going to stop right there because I've said plenty. What's that stir up for you? A thought, a question, a comment, Trish?
2: As reflecting on what, what you're sharing. And um, I just want to, sh- I just want to say how important this community here and the meditation community on Mondays has become for me because it is a safe place and it's a safe place where I can <laughs> practice these things so that I can do it outside. Even though I started faith walking and, you know, finished it up a few years ago, at that time I really didn't have a safe place to put things into practice. Mm. So I had all that stuff, you know, the information in my head.
3: Yeah.
2: I might try to share a little bit of it at that time, but it was still, there was really not a safe place. So this group has become really important for me. To be able to practice those things and
3: to,
2: um, right, you know, discover more of who I am and that it's safe to show up as how I am.
1: Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome, Trish. And and I'm, I'm glad that that this is that kind of group for you. And I because I want it to be. Uh, and yet we're all imperfect, right? And and so the bottom line is we will be imperfect at, at even being a safe place. But when we treat each other with respect and when we treat each other with gentleness and love mm-hmm. and just give people the space to, okay, show up, you show up and be Trish. You show up and be who you are and, and be courageous enough to share whatever you're willing to, to, to share. And, and, and I agree with you. Uh, it's a safe place for me also. I've said some things to y'all that I haven't said to a lot of folks. I won't repeat them because you may not accept me the second time I say them. But, you know, the first <laughs> the first time you let it go and it wasn't a big deal.
2: That you're an Aggie fan.
1: <laughs> Sorry about that. I am. In fact, I've got an Aggie shirt on today.
4: When you, said you, when you first said you were thinking about this group, I panicked internally. I was thinking you were saying, OK, so you're good enough. Now get out, find your own group. And I desperately started looking around for chocolate but I'd thrown all of the Easter
3: chocolate out yesterday in the garden.
4: <laughs> Got it. And there's no way. To, and I mean, I was really thinking, is there, did I hide any chocolate anywhere? I mean, I just had this horrible sick mm. feeling in my stomach and thinking, is there any chocolate? So if you're going to do that again, you need to preface it with no, you don't need chocolate. This will be okay.
1: Thank you for that, Trisha. <laughs> I will try to remember that. This is not a chocolate moment. We don't <laughs> need chocolate. However, okay. However, bring enough for everybody if you bring in chocolate.
4: Ken, when you said this is not a chocolate moment, my brain immediately went to um, the core for 301 in the movie Chocolat,
3: mm-hmm.
4: and, uh, so I actually mm-hmm. went to that.
3: Yeah, yeah. that
4: it, that contains.
5: You know you're a dyed-in-the-wool faith walker when that's what happens. When <laughs> exactly.
4: The kid or chocolate,
1: <laughs> you know, and I uh, and that didn't even occur to me. And I've seen that movie at least 35 times. I that should have been the first thing that popped into my head. It is a chocolate moment, Jerry.
4: One of the things that I have found, um, for myself that my my courage fluctuates depending upon um, the people w- with whom I am interacting. For example, if I'm interacting with somebody who I know has been through faith walking, they have the skill set, They, I am far more courageous than I am with those that have not been And I really, um, I stepped back.
0: It's yeah.
3: Yeah. I,
1: I totally get it, Jerry. And, um, in my experience and, and so I, I grew up going to church and we went to church every time the door was open. So I've been in church most all my life. Um, for, for me, Jerry, most of my church experience was not safe. And so I totally get what you mean. And um, yeah, and so I hope that this can be a community that's really safe for us to just show up and get to be who we are uh, to the best of our ability. Uh, recognizing that it takes, it takes work to maintain that, right? So we can't, we can't maintain safe without some work is even as much as we want to. Michelle.
6: Um, Yeah. Just going on what Jerry was saying, like it's easy to be brave in this group. Um, But with that, that gives you a little bit of courage to go and be brave somewhere else. Um, Mm -hmm. And however hard that is, I've been trying that out with, you know within the church setting and sometimes it works with friends and sometimes it doesn't and sometimes it just doesn't work at all with the team and other times it might kind of they half get it Um, but you get a lot of backlash when you're trying to be authentic and it's been it's being able to come back to this group and other faith walking things other safe places that gives you the courage to keep going and trying to be real and model authenticity in those tough places in those places that aren't necessarily easy and it take it does take all the courage that you have to to be real Um, and it's only it's only having this that enables that in a way like I I couldn't do that if I felt if I didn't know that I had a safe place to come back to and that I was going to be heard and um yeah I think it's 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 so good to have this safe place and I am noticing that it is changing how I am elsewhere which is mm. a good thing um but I'm so grateful that I can come back here and and just be real and and just say it how it is <laughs> so
7: yeah yeah I think I, I resonate uh, particularly with what Michelle and uh, Jerry have said there and um, because sometimes in I think here, and there's certain other groups I'm connected with, um, the primary thing for me is acceptance. Mm-hmm. Um, because historically what's happened sometimes in church where you've when you've made yourself, I don't know if anyone's experienced this, but when you perhaps made yourself vulnerable and you've shared something, maybe a couple of weeks or a few weeks later or at some point later, that is actually used as a negative, that is actually... Yeah been weaponized against yeah. you,
1: yeah,
7: and yeah. Uh, and that's made one particularly reticent about um, sharing one's heart with people. So I'm um, uh, I'm particularly uh, guarded now mm-hmm. within certain groups, still am, but um, with the, the the faith walking thing and certain other how can I say tribes if I can use that term mm-hmm. that I'm now walking with I feel there's a re- like a real connection and people are accepting accepting me uh, for who I am in that way because historically in the past it's a, almost a case of well I'm just waiting for the put down mm. Mm. and uh, so mm. I'm, I'm, I'm much more careful uh, when I'm around certain people or certain groups but other True. groups I can be completely open Yeah, so this is so the acceptance thing, warts and all, as to who you are, is a it's certainly been a core, core thing for me.
1: Yeah, thank you, John. What that stirs up for me to group is this, um, and and that if we accept one another, that that means we don't all have to agree, okay? So we, we don't have to agree theologically, politically. Uh, I mean, we, we don't have to all see it the same way, but that we're, we're okay with one another um, in spite of that and, and that that's okay. And, and, yeah, for me, that's big. So, so I, I, here's what I want to ask you. So as we're having this conversation, and it's all good, and I'm not – I mean, we, we can continue uh, this conversation. I, I would like to, if I have time, finish uh, my, my little deal just adding a couple of things. But here's what I want to ask of you. So what, what I would like to do is to develop uh, a minimal set of guiding principles for this group that says, okay, this, this is how we're going to behave with one another. Like, we accept one another just the way we are. Uh, everyone's welcome, no matter who you are. Uh, well, I say that everyone's welcome, no matter who you are, as long as as you are willing to get into alignment with the guiding principles of the group. Okay, uh, you know. But, so just be thinking about. It. So what's important to you? What what is it that would make Keep make sure this continues to be a safe place. And I would like for us maybe to develop kind of a formal set of of hey these are the guiding principles of, of this keep calm group. What's that sound like to you? Sound worthwhile? Yeah. See lots of thumbs up. Okay. Anybody else want to respond to, to that first part about community? Uh, let me let me ask this because I wanted to ask it this way. Does that stir up any anxiety for anybody? Tammy. No. Okay.
4: It stirs up for me such a sense of gratitude that you were able to articulate your mental model for our group that we all obviously so love and need and adore. And that in that model, in that mental model you have for our group, you are squarely returning us to bedrock faith walking principles Mm -hmm. foremost of which is that we get to practice the skills and um, and the spiritual disciplines to ultimately be better followers of Jesus
3: right yeah
4: right and we might be a support group we might be church we might (laughs) be a bunch of other things but our right. bedrock foundation is what you just articulated, and I'm really, really grateful that you've done so. Thank you.
3: Yeah.
1: Well, thank you. Yeah. I mean we we all uh, we all need space to practice, right? And this gives us space to practice um, growing in our emotional maturity, managing our anxiety, all all those. Yep, Deborah.
4: Uh, I would just say yes to, to that that Tammy said and also I wonder if too, there's two things the first thing is when we have somebody new come in that hasn't seen that I wonder if it would be just good practice that we also make sure it's sent to them we don't mm-hmm. have to cover it every week but just so they yeah. know up front too what the mental model is that we're not a hodgepodge of lots of things we are right kind of you know, grounded on the bedrock of faith walking
1: I think that's an excellent idea as long as I don't have to do it.
4: No, I think Angela will. (laughs) (laughs) And the next thing I want to say goes along, I think it was back when Michelle was talking about we could go away and practice, but we can come back and know that our, our, uh, this is our tribe for that. And I remember practicing, um, you know, the thing with Bowen systems where if one person shows up less anxious, and authentic we have hope of shifting the whole system right i had had experience of that i think back in january no december i think we were in a meeting that was going to be kind of tense and i was probably the last person to share and i just thought okay deb have courage and practice saying you know something a little bit about this makes me feel a little bit anxious and i kind of like to just share and i remember getting all these blank stares like what is she on about and I just thought I know I'm doing the right thing Mm -hmm. and I'm probably modeling something they've never heard of right and I just had my heart out there on the line with you know I wasn't gonna be devastated no matter what happened I was emotionally in control I just thought I'd take this opportunity to say it and sure enough they didn't quite get it but I still am glad I practiced it. Mm
3: -hmm.
4: And it's good to know that when a group you do that in doesn't get it, Mm -hmm. and you still think, I was still brave in the Lord, Right. I know this is true and right and good, and to come back to a community that will all say, that's right, yes and amen.
3: Yeah, yeah. We
4: know that showing up less anxious and trying to diffuse anxiety in the system is important. Not mm-hmm. always easy, but yeah. little by little we can we can shift things. I think.
1: Yeah, for sure, Deborah. And the, the thing that uh, that that makes me reminds me of is like the biggest portion of our work is about us. It's it's not about whether the group gets it or not. What what it's about is did I show up brave and work on me. And hopefully maybe they got, maybe the group got something, but, but really it was about me showing up and, and showing up as a courageous person and saying what I needed to say. So absolutely. And way to go. It's good stuff because I've prepared it. Go ahead. Who's saying something?
6: Um, well, no, it was just a very quick one. Like at the be- beginning of the call, Ken asked me how I was and I was really quiet and like not really wanting to talk. And I just did a, Um, a quick like why am I feeling that way how do I want to show up in this group Mm -hmm. Um, and I just kind of sat there for a moment and worked through that as to kind of what's going on in me um, and that within this place like I don't have to be afraid and I don't have to kind of show up any other way except who I am and and, um, and it just shifted how I'm how I am in the group today because I could have just sat there and and stayed quiet and let all the things that are going on in my head just like make me that little bit distance but it was a real like no I don't need to be afraid I can be real and I can just say what's what's going on and be, and, and be courageous within this setting and and I just feel like once again I've lived out what all that process in in my head within like fifty minutes of the group. So I'm mm-hmm. yeah, just grateful for, for that. And it's a very different feeling now as to what it was when I joined the call. So it's yeah.
1: And that's awesome, Michelle. Thank you thank you for sharing that. And and here's what I would say, Michelle. And and we we need to hear your voice.
8: And um, Veronica I
3: just, I
8: just want to say when you say show sometimes is you don't have to even talk you know sometimes you need be your present sometimes be brave if it's like I I don't want to deal with this situation but I want to be there for that mm-hmm. person or, or sometimes you you know, the people think it show up is like uh, you need to say something, and you need to mm-hmm. be courage for be for do or say something. Sometimes it's just be, it's your person and be even if you don't want, even is no mm-hmm. funny for you to do that. Sometimes you just need to listen and accept mm-hmm. what the person said and say, well,
3: mm-hmm. you know
8: what, maybe I, I I don't be agree with you, but this is what I feel and this is how I am.
3: Yeah, I, uh,
1: I totally agree with you, Veronica. And uh, yeah. And so each one of us gets to decide, OK, yeah, I'm going to I'm going to show up. And sometimes it takes all the courage I have just to show up. Right. And that's, that's right. OK. Mm-hmm. And, that's okay. Um, mm-hmm. and and to show up and receive. So I fully, I think I, I think I hear what you're, what you're saying. I, I, uh, I appreciate it. Thank you very much. Thank you. Yeah.
3: Deborah.
4: Another thought that just occurred, and when I was reflecting on what like you said at the start, that we've been meeting together for a year, mm-hmm. and I'm just so struck with how anxious all of us were a year ago. <laughs> so much was unknown. Mm-hmm. We were incredibly honest with our unknowing mm-hmm. and how uncertain and and yet still declaring we're anchored in the Lord. Mm-hmm. And to to see what's happened in this last year just within us all and among us all how how far we have come. Yeah. How how well we we've we've survived the pandemic.
3: Yeah. And thank, we will thank goodness. The
4: transition, we'll survive the transition mm-hmm. out into whatever's next as well.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
4: So I just, Yeah. I'm so struck with that. Yeah. What I was thinking, especially this week, is I'm looking forward to this group continuing to help us move through going back to what will be. Yeah. I'm noticing, especially this week among workmates, I feel more anxiety from them now than I did a year ago, huh? (laughs) which I didn't expect. So I don't know. I'm glad we have this group.
3: (laughs) Yeah.
1: Yeah. I hear you. I, uh, yeah, I'm not, uh, I'm not an expert in this, but even as y'all are talking, as we talk about, so we, we trans- transitioned into pandemic. Now we're transitioning out of pandemic. And, and I love the way you said it because whatever's next is going to be different than what was. And so and so this is liminal space. It's the space in between. And, and so we're still in the in-betweenness and sometimes that, that can that in betweenness can really make us anxious. Um Yeah. So having a group uh to, to continue to help us manage our anxiety is is helpful, Kimberly. Thank you for sharing that. Um there was something else you said that I wanted to respond to and I don't know what it is. It's so what happens when you start when you when you get old. Um you can't remember anymore until it's too late. And then, you know, then once the meeting's over, I'll remember exactly what I wanted to say.
5: It makes you feel any better, Ken. It happens to me, too. I'm young enough to be your daughter. <laughs> so I couldn't help myself. Angela? <laughs> yes, sir.
1: That doesn't make me feel better It happens to me, too, and I'm
5: younger than Angela. So... <laughs> no actually Kimberly I wanted to, to say something real quick about what you said that really what you just said like really resonated with me because I've always felt like I struggle with knowing what to do with myself in general in all sorts of ways but I feel like it's exacerbated right now because we've been in this weird state for a year where things weren't normal and we were you know home all the time maybe so there's a kind of a lower energy kind of Um, Anyway, and so knowing how to kind of go figure out what's important for us in our, what trajectories, I can't say the word today, trajectories, whatever that is, whether that's career-wise or whether that's relationship-wise or uh, personal passions and, you know, gifts and use of that and things like that, Um, there's a lot of uh, inertia, for me at least, and fear, like you're talking about more fear of like of the unknown and how to take a step. Um, And if this can be a place where we can process those things on top of, you know, in the middle of the pandemic type things as well, I think it's going to be a great thing because the world's going to be completely messed up from here on out. (laughs) So We need all the help we can get.
7: For sure. I mean, I'm going to make a couple of comments. I hope it doesn't cut across what's being said, but I think some things that I find adds to, let's say, about commerce anxiety is, on the one hand, I want to keep up with what is going on in the world on a, on a news basis. Mm-hmm. But the issue that I have is that uh, it's full-on in your face, negative, negative, negative mm-hmm. about the pandemic, irrespective mm-hmm. of what country is. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, on the one hand, I'm wanting, I don't want to sort of like live in the backwoods sort of thing and not know what's mm-hmm. going on. I want to connect, but I mean, mm-hmm. and, and you know, you're looking at it, and then so and so's made a statement, and then you've got the woke culture with all that type of thing, and people are simply being cancelled because of a one line statement they've made. And it's just, and I'm, I did, and then there's so much things that are playing into the pandemic uh, from various news stations, etc. And it's filtering out the, trying to filter right. out the negativity and walk into that. And I find that really quite, um, not so much anxious, but I'm thinking, oh, I, I just want to keep adrift with the world. But it's it's always this thing about the pandemic and the, the sure. it's, it's in your face all the time sure. in the media.
1: Sure, yeah. I, I totally get it, John, and, and and what I believe is all of our news media these days is built on increasing our anxiety. So come watch, because we need to tell you the next thing you need to be afraid of. So I, yeah, I totally get it. I, I think we need to, yeah, it's all anxiety producing. Trish, did I see you on mute?
2: Yes, and it, it goes along too with what John was saying last week I shared that I was meeting with a longtime friend, like one of my best friends yeah. for over 30 years. And we had a really good, a good time spending some time together, and we were able to talk about things. And it strikes me that where in the last year we've all been working on our faith walking and working on processing all this through our faith walking lens and through making a community among ourselves but a lot of people have not had that opportunity. And so the lens that they have been working on magnifying is exactly what John is talking about. It's a it's a completely different lens of fear of, um, yeah, I don't, I don't know what else to say it. And unfortunately my friend I feel like has been Her lens has become increasingly of a a different ideology than what I hold to, although we're both Christians, um, I I believe hers is more fear based. Um, So the gist of our conversation last Friday was that, you know, we're all different and God has gifted us differently and um, our experiences are different, our lenses are different, but just as long as we can keep that get that in alignment with Jesus and that maybe we're not all called to get the vaccine. The vaccine was a big thing to her and she was upset that I had gotten it. Um, but it was like, I guess for the first time at through all of this, it's like, it's a, I'm feeling like it's okay for me to be me. I have a mm-hmm. peak about the things that mm-hmm. I have chosen to do because yeah. for me, I know that my experiences and my lens does not look like everybody else's, and I particularly am cautious about buying into any fear mongering because mm-hmm. I know what fear has done in my own mm-hmm. life. Mm-hmm. And so I felt like my conversation with her we we reached a, a good place. I'm going to see her again. We're going to be more intentional about meeting together. But um, yeah, it just it just I thought about that opportunity. I don't want to be a hermit either John although mm-hmm. secretly I, I kind of do <laughs>
3: um,
2: um so I like to keep an ear to what's going on in the world but that's not my focus you know that's not my focus and um I feel as long as I stay focused on what God wants me to stay focused on for what he's doing in my life and it's really quite basic um then he'll help me navigate all the Messy
7: stuff. Yeah, I sometimes have aspirations to be a Trappist monk and then I thought, maybe not. (laughs) 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 Yeah.
0: Y'all got to read that book, How to Think Like a Monk. I I, Mm. I finished, it's seriously, uh, it's good, but it does kind of make you want to become one (laughs) and just get in your own safe little bubble. But well, I, I tend to gravitate towards anything
2: contemplative and I like Thomas Merton and uh, Father Thomas Keating and the whole the whole group of them so yeah y'all help keep me balanced
3: <laughs>
4: yeah just a little bit when I uh I ponder the uh, the powerful effects of community and think about y'all and uh, I um uh, being self-defined also means to me that you guys are a part, you are a community, a tribe that also, um, I think models growing in self-definition and leaning into all of these faith walking principles and how to become Mm -hmm. less anxious, defined Mm -hmm. and connected. And Mm -hmm. so in a, a really lovely way, I, um, I have you guys to remember when I have opportunity to practice something, and I think of these people, this tribe, wants me to do this. Mm-hmm. This, this is this is who we are. We are a people who does X. That's who we are in the Lord. And so mm-hmm. there's a, that beautiful part of community where we do depend on one another to be emotionally intelligent and growing in maturity and self-defined and really striving to be connected with those that we find it difficult to do that with. Mm-hmm. So I know you guys depend on me to do that and I depend on y'all to do that. And, yeah. uh, and we build each other up by doing that, I think.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Good, thank you. Yeah, sure. Has anybody not spoken that needs to speak? You've got something you want to say? Okay, let me remind you of three things as we kind of wrap up today, um, I hope and think I want to continue this conversation next week with some of the rest uh, that I have. We'll see how that goes. Uh, Think about guiding principles for our group. What would you like included? And if you would, uh, either send me an email or send Angela an email with whatever your one or two things are, Okay, This is really important to me. Uh, because what I would like for us to do is kind of formulate a a formal little document that says these are these are our guiding principles, and as it was suggested, every and any new people we help them know this is kind of what this community is um, so I, I want I want you to hear I want your input in that. The second thing is I hope you will continue to invite people to come join us um, yeah I, I mean. It's welcome to anybody. They don't have to know anything about faith walking, as many of you don't. I mean, here's what I was going to say a while ago. Uh, what's fascinating is uh, is how many of you I didn't even know a year ago, until we started coming together, and now y'all are all my friends, and and that's fascinating. So let's let's keep inviting, welcoming people in. Uh, the other thing, uh, then the third thing I want to say is and Faith Walking does have modules of material that we teach, and we, we are launching a whole new set of modules the second week of May, and if you're interested in one of those, you can find them on our website, and we would love to have you come join us for those. Uh, we, we offer them at different times of the day. Uh, I would encourage you, if you have no experience probably go ahead and start with module one, because they all kind of build on one another. But I want to invite you into that. I think that's all the commercials. So I've done the announcements. Now I want to leave you with this thought. I saw it on Facebook today. Yeah, Facebook, believe it or not. Uh, I enjoy Richard Rohr. I don't know if you uh, do or not, but I'm, I'm really captivated by, by this quote that he said today because I find it to be true in my own life. We cannot attain the presence of God because we are already totally in the presence of God. What is absence is our awareness. We cannot attain the presence of God because we're already totally in the presence of God. What is absence is our awareness of the presence of God. And it it he said it in a way that it's really impacted me. I, I want to increasingly grow in my awareness of the presence of God. For a lot of my life, I've I've yearned and looked for God said, God, where are you? God, please meet me here. God, please help me know you're here. And and what Rora is saying, you know what, God's already here. And, and by the way, and God's in this group with us. God's here. Uh, so just growing, increasingly growing in our awareness of God's presence with us. Uh, that's what I want to do. Thank you all. Thank you for your time. Thank you for your smiles. Thank you for uh, your friendship. And
0: for more information about faith walking visit www.faithwalking.us we want to remind you that faith walking exists because of your financial support please consider giving at faithwalking.us backslash donate thank you for listening